I'm Tamara Bekir, the founder of Manifest Beauty. What I love about beauty is that the innovation and creativity that exists today allows women to show the world any version of herself that she wants to emit on a daily basis because true beauty radiates from the inside out. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Beauty Is Your Business. I'm Jessica Quick, your host, and this week, I am buzzing about the upcoming holiday season, and I can't think of a better way to kick it off with one of the most prolific sellers for this period, Lip Product. Today's guest is joining us as the CEO and founder of Manifest Beauty. Hi, Tamara. How are you? Hi, Jessica. I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am great. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today, and it's such perfect timing because, as we know, the time of year that lip product sells is definitely holiday. So I have a whole plethora of questions for you around the season, but I'm also really interested in Manifest Beauty. When you and I first met, it was at Cosmoprof, and you had just won a Cosmoprof award. So I am really interested in how you got started. Take us through your Genesis story, where you came from, and how you came about launching Manifest Beauty to the point where you won a brand new award early in your start. Yeah, it's been a real whirlwind journey. We actually only officially launched on the 1st of January. So it's been less than a year, but it's definitely been a whirlwind. My background is I'm an international entrepreneur. I've lived all over the world. I was previously living in Dubai for 10 years and my career was always around luxury beauty and fashion and lifestyle. And I was consulting with a lot of big brands, with a lot of family offices and billionaires from an investment and financial standpoint. I moved to the States in 2019 and I was kind of at this point in my career where I just kind of wasn't getting fed anymore in terms of innovation, creativity. So I didn't really kind of know what else to do. So I was a little bit soul searching. I went to a Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat, who I consider the guru of my life. And I just had an epiphany where I wanted to create a clean, conscious beauty brand that really empowered women to feel as good on the inside as they looked on the outside. In these retreats, I have so much access and I see so many women that suffer from so many health conditions because of a real challenge of self-love in their life or negative relationships. And I think that beauty is just so much more than kind of what you're wearing on your face. It's really how you feel about yourself and it's about high vibrations. And that was my whole intention with Manifest Beauty. 
I also am a huge believer in the art of manifestation. I'm an advanced Dr. Joe student now, and I believe that you really do attract who you're being and anything is possible for you as long as you believe it. That's just really the art of manifestation. So I embarked on this journey and I just have always been so passionate about the beauty industry. And I've always kind of looked at products, say, what do I think is missing? What do I wish existed? And actually, that's how I created our lip plumping oil that won the Cosmo Trend Award. I've always been a fan of the concept of lip plumpers. I just think it's an incredible thing that you can just kind of volumize. You know, everyone wants those like pillowy, pouty lips, the likes of like Kylie Jenner or Emily Ratajkowski. Like I think every kind of woman would love that kind of pout. But at the same time, like not every woman wants to kind of go under the needle. So what I'd experienced in the market is that either the ones that really worked were pasty in formula, they burn and can be really uncomfortable to wear. They can be very drying as well because of all those very strong chemical actives that are creating that plumping effect. And on the other side of the coin, the ones that were more mild don't really plump very well. So I actually met a rock star chemist that I just knew understood my vision. And we worked together really hard to create this formula that I believe has disrupted the lip plumping market in the sense that we've addressed all of those issues. This product is completely different because I infused it with three super hydrating oils. So it's got a very smooth, silky feel when you put it on your lips, which is so unlike traditional lip plumpers. It's also made of natural ingredients. The plumping agents are chili and cinnamon. So it's totally clean. But at the same time, the product really does work. And it doesn't have that itchy, pasty problem because it's the kind of slow burning formula. It's like you'll put it on in the morning You'll start feeling it in a few seconds, but then it just won't start becoming very overpowering and it will just work over the day. And I believe that the reason we won that award is also because this product is multi-use, which is so unique. You can use it as a primer, as a topper, by itself as a serum at night. The other thing that I think we really broke the ground on is we kind of blurred the lines between skincare and lip care with this product. You can definitely use it as part of your nighttime skincare routine as well. Fantastic. As we travel the path, it's 2019, you're sitting in LA and you have this amazing thought about the lip plumper and how to improve the category in a way that is a little bit more natural, is going to have the same effects, but not all of the harsh reactions that you would sometimes have. So what were some of the steps? Did you immediately reach out to your past contacts and say, hey, this is where I want to go? Did you immediately start working with a manufacturer? How did you take from concept to actually having a finished product? So actually, I met my chemist and manufacturer at the first Cosmoprof that I attended, which was actually in July of 22. So it was a very, very fast journey. 
I really believe that because there was so much alignment in my path and my mission, things just really happened for this brand so quickly. I kind of had some ideas of what I wanted to do in the industry. And this particular manufacturer was already quite strong in the lip space. And they already had kind of a base that was kind of an oil that I love the texture of. And then we just kind of took that and started creating this incredible plumping formula. And we've just taken it so far now. We have a lot of new shades coming. We have a lip facial coming. So it was a chemistry thing, like literally as well. Like we just kind of meshed and they understood and, you know, it's just been a really great relationship so far. And we're just creating more and more stuff. So talk to me about the new shades that are coming. Did you purposely line them up to hit at this time of year as we come into holiday season? Was it just a happy accident? Because as you know, this is the time if you're going to be in the lip business, you're going to put all of your marketing efforts behind this season, this part of the year. So was that always in the cards or it just worked out that way? And how are you thinking about holiday this year? It was in the cards for sure. I've been developing what I've called the Plumping Cult Classics collection over the past six months. Shade matching is a real, real challenge. We've been through so many revisions. And because I don't have an intention to have 15 shades of red, my intention was to be, I just want to give women three perfect shades and this is all they'll ever need in their makeup bag. And these products that I've created, I believe that we've created the perfect red the perfect pink and the perfect 90s brown fall shade. And this was completely intentional. And that's why we're calling it the cult classics. These shades are also buildable, which is what I love about them. They go all the way from sheer to very intense, depending on kind of really how many layers you apply. And I believe that these are the three shades that will really get you through that season. We also have a special gold shade that's going to be launching in November. It's called Dubai Gold, and it actually pays homage to our partner, Alpago Group, which are based out of Dubai, and we're planning on launching there in November. So we do have that shimmery gold shade that's going to be so beautiful for the whole glitz and glam of the holiday season as well. I would love to know with your background and having lived in Dubai for as long as you have and now being here in the US, what is the big difference that you see in the consumer when you are a lip product? How are you thinking about the US consumer and how is she different or he is different than the Dubai consumer? That's a really interesting question. It's something I've actually been studying a lot recently as well because we are planning to go into that market. So the Dubai consumer, I feel, is really, really kind of heavy on makeup. I think the natural look in Dubai is just not very on trend. It's like even the natural look is what the US woman would probably consider like full makeup glam. 
So they are very, very much into a lot of glam and kind of intense makeup. I think they're the Dubai consumers also willing to take more risks with makeup and just be a little bit more chameleon like in terms of like showing up as a different look every day where I feel consumers here are just a little bit more about having their favorites that they love and being quite loyal to them. So I think that's always a challenge in this market. Getting the consumer to try the product, I think, is the name of the game in the U.S. market. And in Dubai, I just also believe that the consumers will try a lot more. And when they're purchasing, especially in brick and mortar, they're going to be buying a lot more per purchase. So in Sephora Dubai, for example, you could find that the average transaction is north of $200. It's usually they'd go in for one item and then anything that looks interesting to them, they will go and try it. So that's a big difference. The other thing in Dubai is they like to feel like things are exclusive and dedicated to them. So that's why we created the Dubai Gold that's, you know, really dedicated to that market. Also, they're a lot bigger in the luxury space. So even the packaging for the Dubai Gold is premium and is kind of a little bit different than what kind of we're offering in the U.S., That all makes perfect sense. It's been my experience working with the Dubai market. Very similar. The premium nature that needs to be there for a consumer to be excited about the product. And that's everything from the formula to the packaging to the marketing. The way that you look and feel and how even picking up the box and touching it, what does that feel like matters and it is a higher level. So as you start to, I know you're going to launch in Dubai in November, will you walk us through some of your strategies or some of the ways in which you're opening in Dubai? Are you going straight for brick and mortar? Are you doing D2C and even influencers, which I know are a really big part of that market? How are you thinking about taking Manifest Beauty into Dubai? I am very blessed that I have a huge advantage that our partner in Dubai is a luxury conglomerate. And we have very special access to things that we feel is going to really elevate the brand. We just did a huge shoot in Dubai. That was our first kind of step into the marketing there because my partner there has a luxury real estate firm where they have $100 million mansions. They also own an exotic cars company where they have special cars, for example, $10 million Maseratis and Bugattis and these things. And we just did a, so we have access to all of these things when we do any activations there. So we did a shoot with kind of highlighting that lifestyle and that ultimate manifest lifestyle. And that's definitely what we're going to be pushing there. It's going to be selling the lifestyle more, I feel. And then what we're going to be doing is we're launching in Beauty World there. We have a booth there. So we're really excited about that. I'm going to be doing a talk there as well on a panel. And we have appointed a special PR firm there to kind of take care of our launch. We are going to be definitely doing influencer marketing because it's quite funny. A micro-influencer in Dubai is like, probably 80k followers 
the big influencers in Dubai are, you know, 10 million plus followers. And that's because that market, unlike here, doesn't really have celebrity. The influencers are the celebrities. So we are right now speaking to the right people to decide who's going to kind of take our brand forward and definitely be working with ambassadors. That has absolutely been my experience is the ambassador side of working in the UAE is vastly important, especially when it comes to the beauty element. And we really have to have a multi-prong attack for that market and ambassador influencer is one of them. It's interesting you bring up PR because there's differing thoughts here in the U.S., and even Western Europe on PR and the ROI and how do we make PR really work for you? Where in Dubai, I feel like it's still very much a strong strategy in that market because of the communication that needs to happen, the messaging and the premium nature of where beauty is. You mentioned local photo shoot and I would love to chat a little bit about that. We do this a lot where I have global brands and they move into a local market and we always debate, do you do a local shoot? Do you use global assets? And I'd love to hear your thought on why it was important to have a local shoot in Dubai for the lip products, because I do think this is what makes our markets very different, the way it looks in Dubai and the way it looks here in the US. So would love to hear your thoughts on that marketing shoot? So we wanted to really embody, like I said, the manifest part of manifest beauty. And I think that although we all love and want the American dream, I think the Dubai dream has become a real thing as well. And we really wanted to lean into that. What's also really interesting to me is that 10 years ago, people in the US didn't even know where Dubai was. People used to say, Do they have camels there? Are are women allowed to drive there? Do you know what I mean? Like there wasn't really much awareness about it. And I think today Dubai has done the best marketing job ever of letting people know exactly what the city stands for. And it's become the city of dreams. So any brand I believe that wants to be successful in that region needs to lean into that and kind of also use the ambassadors to kind of leverage their brand values in that market. Because even though it's a very international market, 80% of the spending in the industry in fashion and in beauty is still coming from the local population. They really do have the spending power. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a Middle Eastern Arabic market. And I think that the audience there does need to feel like they can connect to a brand, even though there's still this kind of, let's call it foreigner inferiority complex where they do want a brand that comes from the USA or comes from Europe or originates there, but they still want to feel connected to it. So we're kind of trying to straddle both worlds and make it work and connect to our customers in both markets. That is a really good point. And we hear this a lot in the beauty industry. Markets want something that's made in the United States or says made in the USA because they know the quality behind that. They know the standards behind that. And it has cachet in that local market. However, it doesn't mean that it's a American brand 
in the market. So it can also be localized enough to get the flavor of what is there and what that consumer is looking for. And I think you hit the nail on the head about you know spending a lot of time to research and really understand the market that you're going into in Dubai and what it is that they're looking for so that when you bring your product line there, it meets their needs, but has all the benefits of being made in the US, being founded and headquartered here, which does matter. It does carry weight for them. How will you spend your time as a founder, both markets being very important to you? Will you stay primarily in the US or do you see yourself spending a lot more time in Dubai? Will you be able to hand it off to somebody there to help run it? How do you structure that as a founder? Wow, that's the golden question that I've been asking myself for the (laughs) past few months, to be honest with you. And my honest answer to that is where I stand today, I am straddling both worlds. But as to how much weight will go into each world is still an unknown for me. And I was really struggling to know what that should look like. But I've kind of just changed my approach. I think that one of the beautiful things about founding a business and not being kind of tied into, you know, the ropes of the corporate world is that you can pivot, you can kind of adjust yourself according to what's working. So in terms of what my plan is, we are very much a brand that's born in the USA. But if the Dubai market kind of needs more of my attention. And by the way, we're also in talks now with India. So it's not just Dubai, it's also that side of the world. Then I'm just being really flexible and just letting the flow take myself and the brand in whatever direction it should go organically. So if I'm talking to you in five years, what would be your success measure? What are you sitting here five years from now and saying, I know that I've been successful because do you have that? I'm sure you do because you manifest. So what do you see as the success five years from now? Wow. For me, it's three things. I think that every brand has a hero. And even though any beauty brand or may have a hundred SKUs, there's always that one thing. Like for me, for example, with Lancome, it's the mascara. With Fenty, it's the foundation. I genuinely want to be known as having the best lip plumping oil in the world. I know that sounds like a big dream, but even my partner Alpago always says, you have to reach for the moon and worst case scenario, you land amongst the stars. That really is my goal. The second part of it, Philanthropy is such a big part of my business. We're giving 3% of all of our sales to Look Good, Feel Better, which is a breast cancer charity. And we also are doing initiatives, raising money to send women with health conditions to Dr. Joe Dispenza retreats. So it's a big goal for me. The more that we grow, the more that we're giving back. That's really, really important to me. I just want to empower women and help their lives and help as many people as possible. And for also our customer and community to understand that every time they're buying a product for us, they're potentially helping other women. The third thing is I really do want to disrupt the concept of beauty. I genuinely feel that 
true beauty is when a woman feels as good on the inside as she looks on the outside. That is really my most important message. And I think that self-love, high vibrations, we as women, we have to support each other. We have to lead with our hearts. We have to lean so heavily into feminine energy. I just think that that's what makes us beautiful and powerful. And that's how I would love our brand to be known in this world. Tamara, those are all fantastic goals, absolutely reaching for the moon. I definitely got a bit of goosebumps listening to it. If any of our listeners want to reach out to you directly, how can they best get a hold of you? So on Instagram and TikTok, we can be found at Manifest Beauty Official. And if anyone wants to reach out to me personally, then I'm on LinkedIn as Tamara Beckia. Well, thank you so much for your time. I am wishing Manifest Beauty the absolute best of success. I can't wait to check back in with you after your Dubai launch and even see where you are with India. I think you'll have a wealth of knowledge to continue to share with our industry, with the listeners of the podcast. So thank you for your time today and all of your wonderful insights. Thank you, Jessica. This was a great conversation. Thank you for tuning in today. If you want to keep buzzing with Buzz Beauty, head on over to buzzbeauty.com. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.